we're just reaching this escape velocity. 2020 was the starting line. That's when the, the shot was fired. And it took about three years for everything to percolate. But we're, I think we're here. I mean, this cycle is just going to be, again, it's, it's going to be nuts. If people just understand the problems now. Now it's all their problems. Mm -hmm. 2020, when we were going through that run, it was a six month to eight month period where it just ripped from eight to, you know, $50,000. It was basically over in eight months. You can't do that amount of learning. The, the world couldn't catch up that quickly. This is the Blue Collar Bitcoin Podcast, a show where average Joe firefighters explore the most important monetary technology of the 21st century. We talk Bitcoin, we talk finance, and we talk shit. Howdy there, folks, whoever you are, wherever you are, and whatever you're doing, hope you're having an absolutely outstanding day. Thanks for spending part of it here with us on Blue Collar Bitcoin. This week, Josh and myself, Dan, sit down with Austin Herbert. Austin has a background in financial markets. He's also worked for Bitcoin Magazine and been a producer for The Mark Moss Show. Most recently, he's branched out and started his own business centering on health and fitness. It's called Open Source Fitness. The three of us spend the first half of this conversation unpacking Austin's Bitcoin Magazine article regarding why orange pilling and explaining Bitcoin to people can be so incredibly challenging and often discouraging. Then in the second half, we explore Austin's health, diet, and fitness protocol. Austin's strategies are refreshingly realistic and implementable, and his free and open source fitness protocol is linked down in the notes. While we are on the topic of health, if you haven't checked out Crowd Health, you really should. If you don't have health insurance, if you have shitty health insurance, or if you're just sick and freaking tired of today's screwed up health insurance system, Go to joincrowdhealth.com BCB to learn how you can drastically uncomplicate healthcare, reduce costs, and gain control. If you do want to give CrowdHealth a whirl, use code BLUE, that's code BLUE, during sign-up for a significant three-month trial discount. Now, as always, let's you and I chat briefly about the best hardware wallet, aka signing device, in the business. Yep, that's the cold card. The cold card Mark IV provides the most robust physical security for your Bitcoin. It is the only signing device with the option to avoid ever being connected to a computer for its entire life cycle, from seed generation to transaction signing. And if you're not a tech wizard, it can be used in its simplest configuration and remain accessible for average folk. After all, we are a couple boneheaded firemen and we figured it out. Use code BCB, that's B-C-B, for a delectable discount on cold card and check out our affiliate link down in the notes for our select discounts on a variety of CoinKite products. Austin, Dan, I've got a confession to make. Okay. 9.30 p.m. last night, Austin, I had a giant bowl of ice cream. It was, I think it was Haagen-Dazs uh, cookies and cream. I didn't put any chocolate on it, so it was, I thought, you know, I, I was still following the protocol too. You know, it was 8 or 9.30, so I was only an hour and a half outside the window. But to make up for it, all I've had this morning is black coffee, and I don't plan to eat anything till noon, and maybe punish myself by waiting till two p.m. or something today. Yep. Nitro cold brew for me is that is nitro cold brew? Uh, does it pass the fitness protocol or no, Austin? Yep. Yep. As long as there's no right. sugar or anything in it, we're good. Black. Thank God. Josh, we have violated a lot of things though leading up to this convo. The last time, well, no, I guess I saw you at shift change the other day, but. Two days before that, we spent six hours on Josh's boat hammering hard seltzer. 
I got sun poisoning, dude, or something. I came home. I was hurting. And I was that. shot, dude. I ate an entire fucking pizza. And then I went to sleep at like 740. My wife was like, you were gone all day. I was with the kids. And then you come home and you look like you got roofied or something. Dude, I'm telling you, man, that boat, you're like, oh, I'm going to go wakeboarding and wake surfing. I'm going to burn all kinds of calories. And you get on it and you just start pounding beers. And you do, you definitely don't make up the difference on the uh, activity side. But that's how you're supposed to do it. So Saturdays, that's my one rule is you don't have rules. So you don't mm. for, you don't think about any of that crap on uh, the weekend. That, that Saturdays are supposed to do that. You start early, crack one, cold one, get out in some sun, have some fun. How early are we talking about here? Are we talking like wake up and start drinking beer? No, but if you're on a boat, <laughs> you're at like eleven o'clock. You're like, dude, it's I'm on a boat yeah. and we're gonna we're gonna get in the water, like, dude, some day drinking. It's good. I think it's better to drink during the day than it is to just you know, drink all night at a bar or something, watching sports. So I agree. I feel I feel much better. I mean, this is an obvious statement because time's the great healer, but if I day drink and then degenerately just check out as a father and a husband at 740 and sleep for 12 hours, I feel a lot better than I would have if I oh, sure. drank till 10 p.m. I, I mean, the, the, we're going to get into a lot of stuff today, folks. Two priorities. One is going to be fitness, health, diet. Austin's done a lot with this extremely impressive open source fitness protocol that um, I got a lot out of reading through mm. this last week. We're also going to talk about another one of his articles titled an orange pill for Bitcoiners. Um, but uh, since we're zeroing in on alcohol and the health thing to start, I have just found as the years have gone, A, how much of an energy suck it is, which is obvious, but then B, how much it affects my sleep negatively, which unfortunately for <laughs> us, Josh, based on what we do for a living, it's like doubly bad for us. There's not a lot of wiggle room there. That's not a good thing to, to be compromising on. One of my biggest takeaways, and maybe we'll shelve this. I think we'll probably get into it second half of the conversation, but I love Austin, how fundamentally realistic your fitness perspective is. You're not telling people to jump over rainbows. You're saying, find things that work for you and then develop habits in your life that make those repetitive. And honestly, one of the things I wrote down was alcohol late at night. I have it right mm -hmm. here. It's one of the things that for me, I, it's true for most people, maybe especially for me, doesn't work well for me to sleep and feel rested and recuperated. Yeah. And to tie these two ideas together too, one of the, I think one of the primary purpose or thought process throughout that was habit forming, right? You want to you wanna create some kind of a situation that you will repeat. So make it easy on yourself to start and kind of get that habit formed. And then you can kind of work from there. It kind of intersects with Bitcoin as well. Like you it's it, that's very similar to just DCA. Like if you're mm -hmm. if you're interested in buying Bitcoin, you don't have to you don't want to make it overcomplicated. Just DCA in. So this is kind of the DCA fitness plan. The way I the way I viewed it going through it. Yeah, uh, that's an interesting take on it. The way I kind of built it was okay. If you take something out of um, Bitcoin, you take the difficulty adjustment, or you take some kind of um, attribute out of Bitcoin, it's not Bitcoin. Anymore. So I put these, if you do these four things in the open source fitness protocol, which is just, you know, 10K steps, um, 3X workouts, we got one ingredient foods, and we got eight hour eating window. You take one of those out. I, a lot of people aren't fasting. They're like, oh yeah, I've been doing the 10K steps. I'm eating clean. It's, it's not open source fitness. It still might be helpful, um, but we should always be working for all four of those. Find a way to make them work for you any way possible. And then um, you know, you'll be there in two, three years because you'll just always do it. Like I, I actually get frustrated when I can't do my normal things, which is a lot. It, there's usually a friction the other way. People are like, oh, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this. Mine's like, 
it is my lifestyle. So you have to find things that work. Otherwise, you won't keep it up. If you don't keep it up, there's no point in doing it. If you do it for right. even 18 months, it's like yeah. I will do this stuff until I'm 70, 75, until I can't. So I'm, I'm, I'm looking at like a 30-year time frame that I will be able to do my daily habits. Your protocol, as I was reading through it, reminded me a lot of the book Atomic Habits. Is that a, is that a book you've read? That is. Yep. So, and if anyone's listening, that's a great book for learning how to either stop bad habits or start good habits. A uh, good resource for that. Mm-hmm. So, so to transition this thing over into Bitcoin, give us a quick synopsis of your uh, origination in Bitcoin. How'd you start? How did you discover it? So I used to work in uh, markets, a uh, financial education company as a startup. And then that's when I first heard about Bitcoin, didn't become orange pilled or um, kind of crossed over to the other side, so to speak, until Breathe Love dropped the number zero. It was on mm. a Saturday night. Not a good piece. And I was, you know, peak of curiosity. So I'm on just reading Bitcoin articles on a Saturday night on my phone or bed. Uh, and I was like, oh my gosh, this is, this is amazing. And this was back when Breedlove probably had like under 20,000 followers, like very early on. I thought it was going to be a quick little article ends up being this 45 minute, just mind blowing zero to one moment for me. I'm like, oh my gosh, I actually ended up sending it to, to Preston. Cause he had the bookshelf. He probably doesn't remember this, but then he's like, yeah, I liked it so much. I actually printed out the PDF and put it on my bookshelf. I was like, this thing just needs to spread. When you have good information, I was just throwing out to anyone. I was like, this thing is gold. It was on Saturday night. And that was my zero to one moment. And then from there, it was just um, yeah, repetition, keep exploring. And I ended up landing a job with Bitcoin Magazine um, about a year later, so 2021. So I found that article is March 2020. And then worked for Bitcoin Magazine. I was, uh, you know, worked with you guys getting published and I was the op-ed manager for the online magazine. So worked with the CRM, had about 300 people in it. By the time I left after just over a year, it had over a thousand. So I worked with 700 different Bitcoiners getting published online. That was super cool. Worked with just about everyone in the space, it seems like. And then I started working for Mark Moss uh, at the beginning of this year. And then um, quickly learned that I, I have something to say about the fitness industry. So started my own brand of open source fitness. And that was kind of the journey of my career so far in Bitcoin. Very cool. Uh Back to your Bitcoin magazine time, having seen that many pieces and writers, uh, this may be a tough question, but who is most under the radar that, that, that you think people should engage with their content? Like who's somebody that published you're like, I can't believe this hasn't gotten more traction. It's outstanding. And they're not even a big name. Well, we used to have a name for those and we had, uh, me and my editors, we called them AAA players. So those players that were like, oh, these guys got it, but they don't have names yet really. So one that I remember kind of stands out, Daniel Batten was, no one was really watching or listening to his stuff. Um, and he took off the, so that was one that kind of stuck out. I saw he was up to like 20, 25,000 followers. I think he was probably a, the AAA level, we would say under eight or so followers. So extreme growth there recently but people like that not one that really stands out because we do all kinds i mean i remember dming um you know jameson lop and got him to write a couple articles i was like dude this is wild <laughs> i'm just cold dming um lop and he's he's responding and stuff so all different kinds of levels of people so all the way from clubs that just had one idea kind of like me this article was a one and done thing or all the way up to you know people with a lot to say and leaders in the space the other challenge is that a lot of 
a lot of good writers just don't have the time to write. I'm sure you had people published where you're like, man, I wish they could write more, but people have day jobs. They got other responsibilities. And Josh and I often say this. We're like, man, we wish we had time for more threads or articles. It's like they're so time consuming. And I think that that's part of the reason why taking in written content should be such a high priority for every single listener. Podcasts are great. They're far more off the cuff, far less prepared, and tend to pack less signal than than someone that's really distilled likely, you know, dozens to hundreds plus hours into to written pieces. And yeah. and also the mag did it just it, they do a great job of allowing things to be meritocratic, letting people publish who you, you're kind of surprised are are getting that that opportunity in the first place. Who was I listening to? I think it was um Ival Harari. He was on Lex Friedman recently. Listen to the podcast. And one of the things, one of his habits is he reads a ton, clearly, but he also, he, he tries to balance that with writing just as much as he reads. Mm-hmm. And I think that's my weakness. Like I need to be writing more because I think that helps you distill the ideas. It helps you really truly understand what it is you read because otherwise it's, it's almost like you're only getting the input, not the output. So that's something I'm trying to work on for myself. Yeah. But yeah, it seems like a lot of the really super intelligent people are kind of practicing both of those arts, the intake and mm. output at the same time, you know? And I think that's something to think about for people. Yeah, writing is it's incredible. So that's something I found this year and that's really most of my medium. Like I haven't thought about starting a podcast or doing anything like that. That's just because I love writing. So, you know, follow my account on Twitter stuff, so many threads and stuff. It's just um first layer of, you know, when you write something, it's just like that's kind of the brain spew. You get all your thoughts on the paper and then you don't realize how chaotic it is until it's out on paper. And then that first filter of editing, kind of you rearrange things, you get ideas ready. And then the third layer is like, can I actually communicate it? Is this, am I getting through to whoever's going to read this? Because at the very last edit should always be, is the person reading it going to get it? Because you already know it. You already wrote it down. You're studying it. You, You already learned it from somewhere. Can you actually give it to someone and they understand it? So can you basically, the Einstein quote, um, explain it to me like I'm six? Right. Right. That should always be the final edit. Even if you have the best information, some we get lost in Bitcoin. Yeah, we might have the best, most pure information, but if it doesn't affect change, then what, what, what was the point of it? I think that a lot of people get stuck on this thought that they need to use the most complex words they can. They want to appear intelligent instead of actually imparting the idea properly to the audience. And there's this like ego that's there that I think is very difficult for a lot of people to get over, you know? You know who does that really well is is Lynn. Lynn. So to talk about <laughs> yeah. Lynn Alden on literally every single episode, but you know for a fact that she could write at a completely different level in terms mm-hmm. of vocabulary and and even she could brush over a lot of the explanations she does for maybe 80-90% of her readership doesn't need her to take that back step and clar- throw in the clarification paragraph. But you can tell that a lot of her mission and purpose is to make this stuff at least semi-digestible to somebody that doesn't have a master's degree in, in economics. I would say the funny is that uh, she is a woman. They're better at killing their ego. Uh, I also see in the gym. So the, these women are actually lifting with better form and stuff like that because you can kill the ego. Mm. Uh, so as a male, try to kill your ego at every turn mm. and you know your content and everything. I would, uh, I would, I would make the argument though that their ego is not really on their lifting; it's on their ass. So are they wearing like? <laughs> can you see camel toe on the ones you're talking about? Because if you can, 
You're then, right. Uh, I would disagree. The ego manifests itself in a completely different. <laughs> it just arena. manifests just, differently. You know, we're not smelling the same sense they are. Now, I will resonate <laughs> with his comment though. That yeah, I do. There's no, there's no ego at the firehouse, right, Josh? I mean, it oh, doesn't no. get in the way not whatsoever. That that's a powerful theme, though. I mean, we could spend a whole episode on that. Josh and I have been riffing on that ever since we've been friends. Of like, and even partners, get out of your own way. Uh, kill that ego over and over again. And, and I really think that is the, the gateway to peace, contentment, and dare I use the word enlightenment in life, because so many people get, get sidetracked and exhausted and go down immoral, shallow rabbit holes that they have no business doing purely because of that E-word mm. that you've brought out. The Dan, when you said that the firehouse, I'm just you know, you've seen this a million times and so have I, and this is in everything. It's not just the firehouse, but we'll do some training for half an hour and then there'll be like the circle. All right, let's talk about what we did mm, yeah. and it will go down the circle. Like one guy will say what <laughs> was good, what was bad. The next guy will change the wording slightly and say the same thing. Then it'll go to the third. And by the time we're done talking about this giant circle jerk, it's been like an hour and a half and we, everybody's just got to talk. It's basically just a bunch of peacocks sticking their feathers out. I've coined a phrase, Austin, that I in the fire service, and if there's any firemen listening, and I'm sure this transcends our career and goes into others, I call it the training turnaround maneuver. Somebody was there before you, they were shown how something works that they didn't understand previously. Then you come along, you weren't there to see them get the lowdown, and then they teach it to you as though they've known it for 16 years with that degree of confidence. Uh, the training turnaround maneuver, I'm sure firemen will resonate. Yes, they will. But uh, yeah, I mean, it, it is. it can be just a giant, giant peacock fest. And why it's such a big deal in that context, Josh, is that it delays lunch like 45 minutes exactly. and, and the nap that inevitably comes after lunch. Um, okay, let's get into your piece here, Austin, because you did take the time to publish in Bitcoin Magazine. You say that this may be a one and done. It's called an orange pill for Bitcoiners. Uh, give us just a, a, a little bit of context on why you wrote this and then the high level theme and we'll go from there. I know there's a lot the three of us can riff on. Yeah. So I was, I was at the gym and uh, I had a Bitcoin water bottle and some random person I met also had a Bitcoin water bottle at the gym and we started talking and he was in Bitcoin since 2015. He's already like retired off of it. You know, he's getting into route Bitcoin a lot, like 200 bucks. So he's, he, he has a boat and safe feet. They always likes to talk about he goes fishing. But he didn't realize why all of his friends, you know, because he's a little bit older and he, he couldn't realize like why people wouldn't listen to him. I was like, well, I have the same problem. I have all my friends, you know, mid twenties, you know, why is, why is not everyone seeing what I'm seeing? Um, and I, what I came down to is just, it's just not their problem. Like people have so much going on in their lives. You don't want to talk about economics. You don't want to talk about, you know, what money is. You don't want to talk about any of this stuff. You just want to live your life, save you know the, the american dream right just save and you go retire like you, they're they're already focused on something completely other than what what yep. you have to do to understand bitcoin so the whole thesis of the article was you know how do you get people to care about it well it has to be their problem because they can understand problems you can sit there and even if they're genuinely interested in the conversation yeah like argentinians had their your peso you know hyperinflate and they've seen it like yeah but they should probably buy bitcoin they should probably buy Bitcoin. But then we say, well, the dollar is the same thing run by, you know, government, same thing. They're like, oh yeah, no, <laughs> it's just like, it's not even, it just separates. It's not, it's not their problem. They understand the problem. So you can't give them problem solution. It has to be their problem. 
it's it's so simple of an idea, but it's really they have to experience, they have to feel the problem. That feeling that will make them change. Mm-hmm. But um, it's like an academic theoretical problem in first world countries for the most part. I mean, we've gotten a little taste of it over the last few years, but only for like the the you know the economic nerds that actually dig into this stuff, read the history, and those people are not mainstream. The guys mm-hmm. working out in the gym, they're probably not reading Milton Friedman or anything b- done by any Austrian economics or reading the history of hyperinflation in you know uh, Weimar Germany. None of that stuff is happening or on their radar, and they haven't experienced it firsthand. So um, it's just not going to be there. Yeah, you could drop facts of like, yeah, the reserve currencies never lasted more than like pretty much where we're at. Like they're around 120 year cycles. Like you can give them, there's never been a fiat currency that's worked in history. You know, they're batting 0%. Like you can give them hardcore facts. It does not matter. It will not make them change. You can give them any statistic that will jump out and you're like, you can't argue this. Again, they understand the statistic. They just don't yeah. think it matters. It's relevant to them. I was just going to say on the yuppie elite article that Croesus wrote, he's kind of talking about the complete opposite side of the spectrum. <clears> whereas like the people that are buried deep in this stuff, the people that are in finance that probably would have a pretty easy time understanding Bitcoin simply don't pay attention to it because the system's working for them. They are, you know, beneficiaries of all of this. So, um, it's just I would say a little bit there, uh, ego. Yeah. We talked about this. Yeah, ego. 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 I, yeah, I'm no. a financial guy, and this guy came up from the internet, and is he he found the new world currency. I I do this as a profession for 20 years. Right. They can't kill that. They can't say that. They can't be humble enough to say maybe I missed something. Right. It's like that's their life's work, and it's 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 I guess a little bit embarrassing, but also it's like, and that's why I love that I tweeted recently the sailor. You know, he was famous for you know saying in 2013 it's you know done whatever, and then like now he's. Now he's sailor. It's like if right. you can kill your ego, there's never it's never too late. Like you can, you know. So I don't know that. That's why I would say for a lot of the yuppies in that class, because I do have um, some family members that are a part of the yuppie class that they're talking about, and it's just around the board. It's like they just think they know they they know more than you, and mm. your opinions like like yeah, I'm a finance person. I'm an accountant for ten years. I would know this if it was real for sure. And people in Bitcoin. Right. If you've been studying this this network and protocol for a long period of time and you're really captivated by it and you've allocated a lot of capital to it, you have forgotten where you came from. All of us have. And this is something you identified in the piece kind of early on is that it's hard to you essentially hint at how hard it is to go back and remember pre Bitcoin. Like the light bulb is so bright that you can't even really remember what the darkness felt like. And I think as we're, as we're sharing with people, we have to remember how foreign and otherworldly this thing really is. Back to the person that works in finance. They are in a pond, and that is the only pond that they and their parents and their parents' parents and all the people that they work around and, and, and the whole spigot of where all their resources come from, all of that is in that pond and they're completely unaware of the atmosphere above it and the land around it. And that's what Bitcoiners are suggesting is that there's a whole nother ecosystem outside of the one that you're trapped within. The other thing is that the ecosystem they're currently in is working very well for them. Back to the Cantillon effect and the way money gets distributed through the system, you're asking somebody that's trapped in this system and a system that treats them well to look outside of it. It's it's very, very difficult. And I think that's part of the reason yuppies have a, have trouble with it. And then 
The other comment I was going to make based on the start of this rip is that I think it's just so therapeutic for Bitcoiners to be reminded and have solidarity with one another about how fucking challenging it is to get people to buy Bitcoin. It is crazy. Josh and I have been in this space for six years now. We've been pretty, in Josh first, me second, been enam- I've been partially and now fully enamored with this thing for a long time. Now Josh and I are doing this as a part-time job. We're, we have family that in a lot of ways trust our views economically and financially because we were interested in those themes f- long before Bitcoin. Having said all that, Josh and I can't get e- even get many members of our own immediate family to take positions in this. And so when you just look at the body of work, you'll hear the occasional person on Twitter be like, I orange pilled X number of people in the last two years, blah, blah, blah. Well, that's not most people's experience. Most Bitcoiners experience is that I've been in this for a while. I've been pretty right about this trade, right? If you've been in for some period of time, and yet I I cannot get people to latch onto this. And I think that's why I I immediately resonated with your piece, because I think it hits on a deep sort of painful vein for a lot of, of those of us that are passionate about this technology, because it is, it is just challenging, guys. So yeah, I called it the force pill, and those, they get stuck there. They, they stay there, because they, then it's just a greed thing. It's a money thing. So it's like, I know people that I got into Bitcoin. I still can't talk to them about Bitcoin. I can say I'm going to the Blue Collar Bitcoin podcast, and they don't know what I'm talking about. They've been in Bitcoin for a couple of years. I'm like, if you are a Bitcoiner, you know the podcast. You know who you know Josh and Dan are. That, that they're the force pill. So it's even at this point, two years later, they're either up or down their money. They're still not actually exploring Bitcoin. So that's why I said it has to be their problem. The problem with being their problem is you have to be thinking on a level of like shattering your worldviews because yeah. you go down those rabbit holes and it's just heavy. Like, mm. yeah, your government's corrupt. Your government is actively, you know, keeping you enslaved. Like that's, that's a worldview that most people just don't want to believe it. Painful. Even, again, even if you give them the right facts, it's like, mm-hmm. you know, it's so it's, it's, uh, it's heavy. Uh, it's intense. It's, you know, very complicated. Um, that's why it's easier. It's just when number goes up and then, <laughs> you know, uh, it just does its magic. And then, then you feel good about the topic and then you want to explore more because you want to make more money. But it's really not even until you learn more about Bitcoin that you get fall in love with Bitcoin. It's like, yeah, it still takes a while, even after numbers going up, but after, a year and a half of bull markets and everyone's just happy and having fun and making money for a year and a half. You're like, I kind of want to stick around. <laughs> for sure. Like, what you're describing there, um, <laughs> the parallel to working out again, you're, so if you give someone that black pill, you know, like the government's printing money, they're, they're fucking you over, there's this candle on effect, you explain all of that. That's like the equivalent of taking somebody who's 300 pounds, bringing them to a gym and being like, all right, put on this 50 pound weight vest. We're doing the Murph today. Like we're yeah. doing, you know, we're going full bore and we're going to probably kill you. Like that's the financial equivalent of that. So we don't want to introduce people to Bitcoin by sending them on the Murph. (laughs) We want to just easy slide them into like digital gold. That whole narrative works really well. People understand gold. It's been around forever. That's like the equivalent of what you're advocating, which is like find a workout plan that works, ease your way into it, make it a habit. And then, you know, they'll discover this stuff themselves. Once they start getting more interested, they own a little bit, the number goes up, they will start doing a little bit more research. And then They'll very likely, as you've mentioned in your article, incept themselves or you've incepted this idea, but they think that they've thought of it. And that is the key. Yeah, I want to touch on this too, because Bitcoiners, what personalities do we have? We're a bit rebellious. We're, we don't like to being told what to do. So even if you're right, you don't care because the people that look at Bitcoin and understand it, 
are usually the rebels, the curiosities, the people that you have to find the answer yourself. Otherwise, you'll never believe it. So me just telling you to do it and you do it, that means you're more of like an obliger probably. That means you just, that's how you are personality level. So, it's, so force pilling works for them. But if you are a true Bitcoiner, it's usually if someone tells you to do something, you're not going to do it. So telling them to look at Bitcoin, tell them to do stuff, it makes them not want to do it more. So just a personality type who's going to attract Bitcoin, we, we can't tell them, you know, well, how it is. You have to find things that they're interested in. So, you know, what, you let them just do all the talking, never say the word Bitcoin. And then, you know, in your head, okay, that rabbit hole, if you go down that problem, you're going to eventually find Bitcoin because at the end, even if it's food, like at this point, if like they're really interested in CETO and stuff, like just keep on going down CETO as I guarantee you find Bitcoin at some point. You never even <laughs> have to say Bitcoin. You just keep going down that rabbit hole. So if they're really yeah. interested in something, it could be about food, not even money or anything, because Bitcoin fixes everything. So literally whatever problem they're interested in, you keep sparking that curiosity till they actually start diving on that topic that they like. And then yeah. you you always find Bitcoin at the end of it because at every vertical we got Bitcoiners at it, like basically, because it does fix just about all. I, I really like sort of the caution you give against force pilling. If you're listening and you've recently gotten enamored with this technology, watch it with how you're proselytizing this thing. There's two dangers that I've sort of uncovered through my time trying to get people to digest this thing. The first is that I don't know if it, I think there's some of it's insecurity, but some of it's just a, as we say, a healthy skepticism of ourselves. Like when you force something on someone, especially when you're saying, hey, allocate some of your hard earned money to this thing, you are sticking your neck out there, even if it's a loved one. Like we are still early in this technology. It's remarkable, but we could be the patsies at the table theoretically. So that's a, that's a, I think a wise trepidation of like a reason people should investigate this on their own and not just forcing it on them. That's number one. But number two, and I think more more profound, is you build a shallow Bitcoiner. If you just force someone to to buy Bitcoin or or it's a, it, I guess the real context to be it's a loved one that sort of has implicit trust in you and you basically just take the the helm of the ship and and buy some Bitcoin for them or they do it just because of you. What you've done is created somebody that's bought the most volatile asset on the planet and doesn't know what they own. And so you're, you're, you're building a potentially short-term Bitcoiner that could theoretically be bitter at you. You're, you're probably getting a, a buy high, sell low individual. On this show, we talk about these four eyes. At first, to most people, Bitcoin seems idiotic. Then eventually it becomes interesting. Then third, it's important. And then eventually it's imperative. It's sort of the slippery slope of Bitcoin. And I think in my view, and I'm sure Josh would agree, I think the key and to take the pressure off yourself, if just get them to number two, just get them from thinking this is a complete idiotic clown show to the interesting phase. And then as you've articulated, Austin, let whatever their passions and interests are, are roll this thing downhill to the, to the important and imperative phase. The, the other just quick thing I was going to say, and I thought about while, while rereading your article and prep for this chat, there are more handles to grab onto right now. I recently gave a talk and, and one of the things I went through was middle-class math. You're a middle-class person. Let's say you got a gross income of $90,000 for your health, household. Your monthly take-home is $5,600. let us be conservative with numbers. Housing, upkeep, utilities, bills, let's call that $2,500. Groceries and food, $700. Cars, transportation, $500. Medical health insurance, $400. And then all other discretionary spending, $800. All that leaves is $700 bucks 
on the side, right? And as inflation rips 7%, we know 10% plus. What's giving in this scenario? All these areas are getting pinched more tangibly as raises are, what did we get this year, Josh? Two and a half percent and inflation just ripped. Let's even conservatively call it seven. This happens for even two, three years in a row, which we're living through right now. People are tangibly feeling inflation in a way they have not for a long period of time. It is being talked about at dinner tables, firehouse kitchen tables, golf courses, at a clip and cadence it never has before. And those are ripe opportunities to step in and just introduce the theme of of assets that can't be created out of thin air. I'm seeing that work more, and that's more of a recent phenomena in my life because of the macro dynamics being more right in front of your face, if that makes sense. It does. And that's the, in the article, that's when you present the pen, okay? When the waiter brings the check, right? Now we have a problem. Now you say, okay, Bitcoin's the pen yes. in that scenario. Okay, now we have something here. You need to sign the check. I have a solution for you. It's their problem. And it's going to become increasingly more their problem because, you know, we're about to have a presidential cycle and Bitcoiners, I know we're pretty apolitical, but most of the people aren't. And now Bitcoin is going to be a giant topic uh, on pretty much everywhere. So this is, I think, um, in, insanely, like we're just reaching this max, um, this escape velocity. 2020 was the starting line. That's when the, the shot was fired. And it took about three years for everything to percolate. But we're, I think we're here. I mean, this cycle is just going to be, again, it's, it's going to be nuts. People just understand the problems now. Now it's all their problems. Mm -hmm. 2020, when we were going through that run, it's just like, it was a six month to eight month period where it just ripped from whatever, eight to, you know, $50,000. It was basically over in eight months. You can't do that amount of learning. The the world couldn't catch up that quickly. We weren't ready for it. So like, uh, I know there's usually in bear markets, we do a lot of building, but this one was building uh, of just like education and mass awareness. Mm. We have spread, uh, you know, very, very far in a lot of areas. And the, the building part was less technical and more building uh, army, a community of people just know what the hell this is. Yeah. There was a tweet um, I retweeted yesterday and it was by a, a gentleman named Rune Osgard. And he has this great graph where he kind of plots out the uh, the returns you'd get from just stock market in general, as S and P five hundred next to gold and next to inflation or like CPI and how that's gone over the last uh, I think it was like a twenty year chart. And if you actually in, if you incorporate management fees, if you incorporate capital gains taxes, uh, that was all factored for in this graph. You can see that no like no matter where you're hiding right now. Even in the, like this equity fund, you are still losing to inflation. Even when they said two percent was inflation, it was actually probably more like five to six percent. And as they say, seven now, like real inflation, depending on how you spend your money, is significantly higher. This is like a one-stop shop for a good way to orange pill somebody who's got a little bit of uh, finance literacy, who can see this graph, understand this guy's point of view, and then see how the Canelon effect really does work for the one percent at the top. And then it, when I was reading this, it, it reminded me of the Milton Friedman quote where he said, inflation is always and everywhere a monetary phenomenon in the sense that it can be produced only by more rapid increase in the quantity of money than the output of the economy. So yeah, I just I think, especially for me where I was when I first got in, introduced into this and for a lot of people that have a bit of a finance mind, that single tweet and graph is really, really substantial to help someone get at least interested in, in what this is and why it does what it does. 
Yeah. Uh, the the thing I was going to say too, because I, I could hear sort of the the devil's advocate listening, going, "You guys are still talking about seven percent numbers. The CPI prints down at four, and so certain people are getting two in the United States. So they're like, oh, it's come all the way back down. Like the damage has already been done. If you are a firefighter, walking back to that cash flow I did a second ago, or you're a plumber, and you have all those expenses, which are hard to truncate, and you're saving 700 bucks, and that 700 bucks a month's getting pinched and pinched and pinched, and you got less money to put aside, or you're having to downgrade your house or save less for whatever the thing is, that damage has already been done. The world's gotten that much more expensive. And mathematically, it's extremely likely to continue to do so because the real insidious effects are that there is no appropriate correction to the downside. Things, things inflate, prices go up, wages don't follow, and there's no appropriate connection to the downside because of the ever-present Fed put and just, and just there, there's always going to be liquidity there. There's always going to be a safety net under the trapeze. And so if you are a young family trying to buy a home, that treadmill is just going to continue to speed up. Don't be distracted by the fact that the numbers came down from seven to two. Well, if you trend this out long enough, and you and you look at where you think your earning capacity is headed, especially if it's a fairly fixed, predictable earning capacity, you are going to start treading water. And people are feeling that, as we articulated earlier, and they're looking for solutions. Sort of for the first time I've seen, people are hungry for answers and information. And man, is it just a perfect fit with your article, Austin? Because basically what you're saying, the thesis of this article is lay in wait hang out in the weeds until your until your prey goes broadside and then take the shot right because they're not ready until they they position themselves where their 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 mind and and their their life is is ready to see something step in and i would argue too it, we were talking about a lot of numbers there i the logical it's always logical and it can make sense but i think the main hurdle now is that um, they they already feel the problem so it's not a number thing um, so it doesn't matter what the actual number is. They know there is a problem. The problem now is when you are on that, that wheel and it's getting tighter and tighter and you get less risk averse and at mm. any level, Bitcoin is still risky. So you have to make them feel safe. So it's just like, okay, start with a hundred bucks. So that, that's the hurdle now. Cause they feel the problem. Next problem is they don't, it, they, they're like, I don't have any room to take risk. I'm already, I'm already underwater. I have, I can't go, I can't take more risk. I can't. So when you break out that problem. Now you get a minute. So like, uh, again, it's, they don't care if the numbers eight, 10, 12, they don't, they don't look at CPI numbers. Nope. No, people don't. These are the people we're talking about. Everyone in the Bitcoin community, we talk about these, we talk about shadow, you know, inflation, real inflation, set, whatever. Average person does not care. They, they're just yeah. saying they, they, they have a problem. They feel on it. They just want to feel safe in their next moves. Totally. And what they feel isn't those numbers. They feel where the fuck is the money? Th that's what everybody's feeling, right? <laughs> that middle lower class household is like, four years ago, I did the same thing and there was enough cash flow. Now there's not. What changed? Cue them looking for, for solutions. That's a, I mean, I want to hear what you guys think about this. This awareness that there's something going on. They're not sure exactly what, but they're hearing, I mean, in the headlines, you got Kennedy talking about Bitcoin. We've got BlackRock. We've got uh, Fidelity, all these ETFs potentially going to get approved. That just feels like absolute rocket fuel for what this thing's going to do in the next run. 
and we're what how many months away are we from the next happening i don't it's like nine yeah. or ten months away or something along those lines it's around april yeah it's it feels like this thing is just a spring that is getting compressed just compressed right now that it could explode at the end of this uh the end of next year we'll see though I think it will. Um, so this, we're usually one cycle ahead. So in 2017, we were saying institutions are coming. They came here with Sam Baker and Freed and the rest last cycle. Who's going to walk, and, by the way? Did you guys see that? Wow. <laughs> yeah, I did see that. And then uh, the next one was, okay, there's a super cycle last time. Well, we were wrong. But is this yep. one? This, I don't like using the term super cycle. What I would say is just a constant bid for a, a diminishing return of supply. Like we, there's just, like I said, the last three years, people know what they're holding. You see in their stats, 30% of all Bitcoin, one in three Bitcoins haven't moved in five years. Not moving. One in three. It's like 30%. It's like, and now we, and we haven't even found the, the institutional bid yet. So yeah, there's, it should be just like a 2017, just like 20% drops, just a stair climber up. That's kind of, I'm envisioning this next one. It doesn't really matter how it happens or if I'm wrong or right, but yeah, it's just, it makes sense that there's, this is going to be insane. Yeah. Uh, this one might be, you know. Do what you do what you can to the next six months to figure out how to secure a Bitcoin position. Go hard, folks. The, the bedrock is just startlingly solidified. Back to kind of like Austrian econ, where everything's behavioral, right? And this is this has been one of the most powerful themes for me of studying Austrian Austrian economics. I'm in the middle of Safe's new book, Principles of Economics, and just distilling this down to the individual. And so I think about this as. There is a lot of people that have the same level, if not more conviction than I have, right? And when I think about what it would take for me to capitulate right now, which there is theoretically a number basically for everyone. So don't let, let's, let's throw ego aside and say there are ways in which price could violate the thesis to some extent, not what it's trying to accomplish, but the, but the value expectations. If Bitcoin goes down to $7 for 13 years, something didn't work out the way we anticipated. But my, my point here is that what that number would need to be, especially as I look at the, the global marketplace of assets that I could buy and store my hard-earned capital in, there's absolutely nothing competing. And I know so many people feel this way. You just, you just see how hardened that base is and how limited that supply is going to remain. And I think that that is my base case and the base case of most Bitcoiners is that that is unlike virtually any asset that has ever existed before. You get 50, 80% price drops and a huge percentage of those that have the asset already don't even flinch. I think it was 80%. Th that's just a recipe for dynamics and movements that we haven't seen out of other assets before and that just don't exist in traditional markets. Look out. People could be like, well, why did the price move so drastically? You have to remember that all these price changes happen on the margin. The guys who have this stuff cold stored aren't affecting the price because the price is all sitting in the, say, I don't know how many coins it is on exchanges right now, but about 2 million coins. Those are what affect the price. The rest of these coins that are sitting on the sidelines don't affect anything at all. Unless, of course, they run out of coins, then you know this just bids up and vice versa. But they're, the marginal uh, sides of this are what really affect the price. Yeah, just back on the capitulation point, like I think we had that psychological, like it's never gone below previous all-time highs. We, that was the first time ever that we went below. So we had the 20K top. We never go below previous cycle. You know, uh, we did. You know, we went from, like everyone's like, oh yeah, 22, 28, that was going to be the bottom of everything. And we're all yep. down to 15. That was the, oh, this has never happened before. Maybe we do go back down to 10K. That was the the psychological, this is the first time ever. And like, it didn't, didn't matter. Like it just. 
Yeah, if you made it through 15K, you are, you're an OG. If you made it through 15 without selling, yeah. now officially yeah. an OG. Yeah. Mm. You've been knighted by Josh, yeah. an OG. Let's talk about open Let's source fitness. Let's transition to fitness, yeah. Fitness. Yeah. <laughs> fitness. Uh, did you guys plan that one? That was good. Uh, no. <laughs> we just, we're just in sync, yeah. You know on you know in Avatar how they like connect the fucking ponytails. Like, you you Josh, like to think Josh those are I, tails though, right? You like to think they are. <laughs> Josh and I have been doing this so long. We were in sync. Like we knew, all right, we're getting to the forty minute mark. Fitness is a huge priority. <laughs> Jenks, you owe me a coke. Uh, yep. Austin, tee off here to start. Walk us through how you got so passionate about this, your personal trajectory, and now kind of what you're up to and where your convictions lie on yeah. this front. Yeah, so I guess the transformation is good to start with. Uh, you gotta take because, your shirt off for this part of the show too and that, that's what i was getting at because everyone sees me now and just thinks i've always been like this so i would make it pretty clear that i went through a pretty big transformation over my life so around 10 i started getting into it so the, the meme is uh there's a, a movie a disney movie heavyweights a bunch of fat kids go to camp ben stiller oh there. i remember that dude i love that movie yep. that was awesome so i was in that class of Wait, that ben stiller body was the asshole wasn't he wasn't yep. ben stiller the fucking the, was, the guy who was the huge asshole in charge like, of the camp yep Yep. So yeah. that was, okay. that's the, no the heavyweights meme. And then, so I was there for a while. And then around high school, I was like, okay, I'm tired of being fat. So I'm going to try to, you know, put down the, the sodas and the Twinkies. I knew that at age 10, that that was the problem. So I did that. I got skinny fat. So that was the skinny arms Rob Lowe meme that I put out there. So <laughs> that's where, uh, yeah, I lost weight, but it wasn't healthy, but I was at least getting skinnier. So that was throughout high school. And then in high school and college, I was having trouble putting on more size. So I was like a normal uh, gym bro, you'd say. Not, not you know, go to gym, normal average person. What changed and how I get to the 300 level is what I put in the protocol. So everything I've done, I've just done over the last 10 years. I've listened to all the same advice as everyone else gives. And I have a huge bone to pick with the fitness industry. I think a lot of people are preaching a lot of stuff that does not matter, does not move the needle. That's my whole thing. What moves the needle? And I would say optimizing your body and your hormones is way more important than even macros and what type of movement you are doing. All you have to do is get your body running correctly and stimulate uh, muscle just to not, you know, uh, atrophy. Basically, just use your muscles in a way that feels good in a therapeutic way and your hormones and your growth hormones. And then, then you add in diets and stuff and that will allow you growth i i feel like i'm only getting better again i'm age 30 or i guess not yet 29 30 30 next year but from 20 to 30 i've made significantly uh, a lot of progress in the right direction and from 30 to 35 to 40 i i would bet that i look better at 35 and 40 and it's not about looking better it's about feeling better and that's why i know i'll do this but also uh the the inception i guess we can go back to that concept of this open source fitness is i want someone to download that button click that button download everything and say okay, I want to be healthier in three years. Because when you do that, then you have hope, right? That's like Bitcoin, right? And we're, yeah. we live at a shitty time right now with money and everything, but we have hope in the future. I want that for people and their 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 health. Like a lot, a lot of people, like I'm getting older, I, I'm supposed to be getting unhealthier and all this stuff. I'm saying the exact opposite. And I'm showing. It. So I'm leading the charge in this. That you can change your genetics. You can get healthier as your age. I'm freaking Benjamin Buttons here. And like, we're going in this direction and you can do it without killing yourself because when you start doing all these things i mean go about each each bullet point because I, I do have a lot to say so maybe we just jump with that now in the 10k steps of the first on the list i recommend not doing cardio if you like doing cardio treat it as an actual workout as You're an a psycho exercise if you like doing cardio 
but I, I get some people do like I, I get runner not runner's high but like I get a walking high and I think everyone can get that but yeah you don't need to go you know put a weight belt on and deadlift 500 pounds and like almost pass out because you're not like you can't see straight afterwards you're taxing your central nervous system in a way that is actually detrimental to your hormones which are going to give you the muscle growth again the whole fitness industry is telling you you have to lift as heavy as possible to release growth hormone you're getting one spike in growth hormone and it goes right back down after a couple hours. It does not change your body. You do not baseline change your genetics, your hormone. When you fast and you walk, you're going to be baseline raising all your hormonal level and you're going to feel healthier, which is most important. So I do all this now because I can think clearly. You know, I was working a full-time job. I was writing this article, writing this blueprint. All these, the blueprint and the article were written in a two-week span. I haven't done much editing since I've released them. So those were all done in two weeks while working full-time with Mark Moss. That's not because I want abs. I, I get healthy because I want to be able to do that. I want to be able to think clearly. I want to be productive. I want to be just, it's a health thing. Um, so the, the cardio is the 10K steps. A lot of people just, and I, I can preach this stuff as much, but it's hard to actually get it through to someone that should, you know, only, you only need to do this. And it just, it's so hard to break down these barriers of, Years conditioned. Right. I think people have been, they've just been so inundated with uh, these maybe complex workout regimens and stuff. They, they hear this advice and they're like, well, that sounds way too simple for that well, to actually be effective. Like, that's yeah. not what the uh, influencers on YouTube are saying. You know, the guys that are probably on HGH and Roids, that's, you know, they're deadlifting 600 pounds and blowing their backs out and probably going to die of a heart attack at 55. But hey, they look great now. So, it's, I think that people just take that um, to sound like it's too simple. I can't, it can't be that easy. And it's just so counterintuitive. And that's why there's so many parallels with fitness and Bitcoin. And, um, you know, it's, it's, if you go on the stair climber for 30 minutes, you feel like you got to go work out. Like you're like, I moved the needle forward. I did. Like that felt good. Okay, you can't do that every day. One, you'll get sick of it. Two, if yeah. you do that every day, you're going to literally destroy your body because you're pushing it. You're, we aren't built for that. Our ancestors, we didn't sprint or do too much. We just walk everywhere. We weren't jogging to go find prey. We aren't built for cardio. We we are built to walk. And if you want to do, if you like doing those things, do them as a workout. Like if you have a leg day, treat your a three mile run as a as a workout. Like I I don't think you should not be running. It's just I think you need to compartmentalize. You should be walking every single day. And I think a lot of people go, oh well, I did some cardio this week, and that it was harder than walking anyway. I'm like, you're missing the whole point of everything. Um, that walking is a lot for really cognitive things, uh, but also it gets your body weight to uh, your body fat to low levels. So your hormones actually kick on because you need to be seeing, you know, at least top abs to be, you know, at a healthy hormonal rate. And then if you get that low, usually repeating, people are eating low calories. They're eating, they're not eating fast. They're, they're trying to lose weight instead of be healthy. So I don't track calories or anything. I try to be healthy and I naturally have harder to get there and like that's why i tried to explain and i have so much more that i can kind of put out there but the 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 beginning of this is like i just have a protocol if you skip one of them you're not doing the protocol just like in bitcoin if you take out the mining adjustment it's not bitcoin mm -hmm. anymore you need to do all of these things fasting is a huge one too and then find how it works for you and then you just you'll be you're like dude it, it's yeah. it's like an orange pill I'm, it's a fitness pill man it's 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 crazy how low of effort, how enjoyable and how effortless my, my life is. And the results are, I'm, I, I know about three people in my life that are as healthy as me. 
and like, that's not an egotistical statement it's just like that's why i shared it to everyone i want to literally like the the meme is real the 300 meme i want the bitcoin community all be in 300 and it's not because <laughs> i'm some psycho that loves to go again bench press 300 Wait, what does 300 level mean i'm not following there so it's just uh aesthetically that level um again it's what not is the scale you're talking about i'm i'm just not familiar just, with it just like 10% body fat movie? like yeah the movie yeah. 300 like oh, the army gotcha. so gotcha. I can, he's basically oh, describing shit. my body he's describing my body Josh Dude, yeah, is what he's Dan doing. just needs to grow a beard and he is like a spitting image of Leonidas King Leonidas with a sword shield Spartan helmet yeah you don't want to be a Persian yeah so Gerard Butler we're all going to be Gerard Butler that's like the goal of open source fitness and I believe anyone can't it doesn't really matter what age you are again because you can change your genetics that's the whole thing and like that's you won't get there because you want to look that way you're going to get there because you feel so you feel so healthy that you're just always going to do it that's the whole that's right. the whole kicker. You're never trying to actually get there. You just actually get there by by yeah. chance almost. You're like, this is what I do. And I like, damn, this is working. Like that's that's the inception of fitness. Like, and no one is doing that. Like in regular fitness, like I said, you know, you gotta you gotta it's all about leverage, you know. They they put a barbell, so let's maybe talk about this because I know that's a topic we want to touch on. A barbell is yeah. just leverage. You're 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 it's just like leverage in Bitcoin. You don't want to use leverage ever, right? So you don't need to twist your ankle to the ground, arch your back, use a barbell structure, and like just push as much weight through a, a limited path of resistance. You're gonna I cause I cause a ton of injuries to myself. I'm not releasing growth hormone. I'm not stimulating most of my muscle. So the 20% at the end of the range, I'm not hitting the bottom 20 or the top 20, and I'm not be able to contract um, throughout that range, right? So I'm gonna make a whole workout course and. Um, I'm going to do it, get professionally like done. So I have a lot to say. It. And that was the least I talked about in the blueprint because it is so nuanced. And I also like, I don't really care what you do for a workout. If you're, you're optimizing your body and your hormones, then optimizing your diet and routine will probably work for you. If you're focused on diet and routine and you're not walking and fasting, it just doesn't make sense to me because it's the wrong order. Before we move off far from the barbell, I want to just, it sounds like what you're advocating against is like massive amounts of weight, like stressing yourself to the max. I, I love working out with barbells. I generally don't push, push myself to my absolute max. I usually keep it at like 60 to 70% and try to get 10 reps or so. Is that something that you would say, I mean, are you just against barbells in general or is it just when you're stressing yourself beyond maybe what is safe? Uh, definitely beyond what it's safe because it's just so easy to do it. It's easy to just throw, you know, it takes one day to throw that extra weight on you're like, you know, you, know you, you aren't able to kill that ego that day. And you yeah. go a little bit too heavy, well, and, and, like that, yeah. and then you you shatter, or tweak your shoulder, or you you tweak your back, and now it's like you're you're three weeks and you're out of commission, and now you're just out of routine and everything. Mm. Um, again, I don't like the path of resistance. So even lightweight on, on those, I don't like it because you're just you're locked into an unnatural movement. With dumbbells, your shoulders completely free, your elbows completely free, your wrists are completely free. You have so much wiggle room to where you can actually get a perfect path. Of stimulating muscle growth again all this is very little details these are not the things that are going to move the needle for you these are the things i just want to talk about for injury and longevity that's why the blueprint I'm like dude do whatever the heck you like doing and then get your body right and you'll your body will do what it needs to do with you know your yeah. metabolism your your testosterone and your growth hormone you get those three things firing right and and you won't even have to do much there, there's a lot of studies that have been done if you take testosterone and you don't work out, you're going to grow more muscle than someone who is working out and have a low testosterone level. 
So the person who is not even working out is going to grow more muscle than you. So the fact that you think that, or not you specifically, but most people in the industry think that because they are doing this specific exercise with this much weight, they're going to grow muscle. You yeah. miss you miss the entire fundamentals of your body's not able to produce muscle because it's that unhealthy. Dude, I think this is what I love about how you put this together. And and by the way, this has come through. But if if you have not looked at this thing that that Austin put together, you need to. It's obviously going to be. We're going to link everything in the show notes. And it's free, which is even cooler. Yeah, you, you focus on the majors here. And on habit and discipline building. And this is a perfect example of what, what might freak people out. That's why I love the clarifications. If someone's not exercising and eating like absolute dog shit, and your focus with them is what specific types of lifts they're doing, you're on step 17 and they're not even on step one. Mm-hmm. And the other thing, and and Josh and I are far from perfect, but we are both healthy. I think we both look good. We're fit. And we do completely different shit, Josh, we completely do. different shit, but we both encourage the fact that we do different shit. We do, we exercise the way that we enjoy. And for that reason, Josh and I exercise all the time. There's different formulas there. And, and that, that's just a testament to you can look good, feel good and, and skin this cat a ton of different ways. If you've got some of these other ducks in a row, I want you, if you don't mind, you, you hit the 10,000 steps and you kind of talked about the four keys to the protocol. Would you mind hitting the other, just the other three, just basic outline of the protocol while we're here so people know kind of the holistic picture? Yeah. So we've been talking about workouts. So again, I don't want to dive too much in that because it will drive down a rabbit hole that's not going to do, move the needle, right? Not going to cause results. So do what you like um, and you'll get better at it. So do 3X workouts. If that's a, if that's a three mile run, then that's your leg workout. That's fine. If, if it's body squats in your basement, that's fine. You'll naturally want to progress at that if you just always do 3x workouts. So make it as easy as possible. Just hit your hit your number, 3x workouts, whatever that is to you. Uh, the fasting is the one that people skip because they don't understand. Yeah, let's how talk much about it. fasting a little bit. That's the one that is. I mean, I was there was a people were tagging me and stuff yesterday because there was a a video going around saying intermittent fasting makes you lose muscle. And I was pretty. I'm not very vocal or like stern about things. That one I'm very stern about. That is wrong. That is absolutely wrong. Your body is functioning at an inferior level if you're not fasted. You don't have to fast every day for the rest of your life, but at least go through a period of you know, four to eight weeks. That's going to correct your body. You're going to shift from being uh, running on glucose to running on fat. We run on fat. It's like lighter fluid versus a log. You want that sustained burn. You don't want boom-bust cycles of energy. You're going to right. get that, and almost everyone runs on that if you haven't taught your body because the only way you can do is to train your body to be deprived of food so at 16 hours it's going to kick on those hormones you're going to start autophagy um and not scientific here but autophagy is basically again explain like i'm six you turn into wolverine your your cells start regenerating a bunch of stuff for mental clarity i i write about it all the time uh fasting is not for calorie restrictions i eat more calories than ever um my metabolism is better than ever it's about what your body does when it doesn't have food, it literally trains it to run differently in turn. And you can't do that unless you deprive it of, uh, it's not only calories, but like any kind of glycemic index, like it's insulin is what the hormone that gets released. So we're all basically teetering diabetic. Right. Dan and I can advocate for that. I mean, we see half of our patients are diabetics. When you say Dan, it's insane. It's, I mean, we're not just talking about like old fatter people. We're talking about like 
18 year olds, 12 year olds, like diabetics. It's insane. The number of people in society with diabetes is one of the most shocking things that I uncovered when I became a paramedic. It is unreal how many people have diabetes. And that is a, that's a completely new phenomena, by mm-hmm. the way. For those that are confused, it wasn't that way in 1900, folks. Something has changed. And that gets you really thinking about diet and what we're consuming and all that. Right. Yeah. Uh, so I guess just for my own curiosity, how many of them are like overweight and stuff? How many people are like, oh, this guy's not diabetic. He's 18 and kind of like fit. I mean, a good, uh, let's be real, Josh. Most of, a lot of them are fat, but Usually that's another discussion of, of everyone is fat. Yeah. Everyone is fucking fat, dude. I mean, my wife and I went to an indoor water park. Oh my God. God, rest your soul. Get to see that. Oh my God, dude. We went to an indoor water park like a month and a half ago with my kids. And I, I I consider myself, I'm, I'm kind of just your average fit dude. And my wife, we're both average fit individuals and we're, we're walking through the water park with our kids and I see the whole family in a pane of glass. And I think, what a beautiful family. I'm, I'm very thankful. And I, I stopped my wife and I said, look in that, look in that window. I go, hats to you, hat tip to you, hat tip to me. We're fit, but we're, we're average people. There's nothing special about the two of us. I go, have you seen anyone else in this entire fucking water park that looks as good as the two of us? She goes, no, everyone is fat. Dude. Yeah. I mean, I look around the water park. It's insane. Dude, even the 18 year olds are fat, man. So I do want to touch on that. And I, so I want that for the Bitcoin community to walk around and be like, I'm normal. Like I want that I I want that to be the standard like for the Bitcoin community. I think we can all get there by doing this protocol. So when I look around, I'm like, why is everyone not doing this what I'm doing? And that's one of the things I write about. If everyone knew what I knew, everyone would do it. That was one of the statements that I made early on when I first started this thing. I'm like, people just don't know. And the good thing about the Bitcoin community, we already have a good starting point. Like those those people we were talking about, that's like the fiat world, that's how far detached. But Bitcoin, we have another layer. And usually it's more of a skinny fat or just like a, they're already eating pretty well and they don't realize why they're not progressing because they are usually working out and eating well. Fasting is the missing piece for you. Everyone on this planet should be fasting. Like that's my hard, hard opinion on that because we all, we, our bodies run better when we're fat adapted, when we run on fat instead of glucose. The only way you get there, even if you have a really healthy diet, you're not eating seed oils, you have to train your body to be running a different way. So you can do everything right um, and it won't, you're, you're just, you're not close to peak optimization. That's for mental clarity. It's for, it's for everything, energy levels. It's not for appearance. Um, it will significantly boost your appearance, but it's more of like, you will feel much better once you get through to your body that you should not be running on, you know, cause if you get hungry at all, if you, you go, if you, if, this is a good question. Can you go, uh, you know, on a mile hike in the morning and be like, are you worried about having food? Like you shouldn't ever be worried about food. Like I could go full 24 hours and be like, I, if, if I didn't have food today, I would never be nervous. I'd be like, my body would be fine. If, if you, if you get hangry, if you get these energy cycles of, we were talking about earlier, if you eat and you get like a crash, these are all signs that your body's not functioning. Mm -hmm. So you, you want to, again, I, I write about it a ton. Um, really dive into the fasting. I would say if anyone listening to this, if you're not fasting, try it out three to four weeks, just eat at noon and at eight, everyone can do it. Um, and, and then really see like notice the difference and then you won't want to stop. And then because your body will just be, you're, 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 you'll run better. Really quick clarification on the fasting. Cause I think people might, might be misconstruing what you mean. You're just saying eat in an eight hour window. 
which is which is totally realistic. Like play out the times. And I was doing this while reading your piece. You can you know breakfast at ten, let's say dinner at five thirty or six. That can be a completely realistic life cadence and still get this thing churning overnight and into the morning. The other point you just made a second ago, which I loved, is the point I was making about the Great Wolf Lodge experience. You said it better than I did. Is like what is normal has shifted extremely unhealthy. I'm not saying that me and my wife are in any way, we should be normal. We should be the standard of a fucking normal 33-year-old homo sapien. Mm-hmm. And I look around in some of these contexts and it is just astonishing how that, that, that medium line of what is healthy and normal from just even a physique standpoint has shifted. I mean, people, yeah. it is, feels like everybody's walking around with an, at least an extra 30 pounds. And, and, and that's indicative of a, a lack of discipline and good habit building, but also just poor diet, probably lower energy, a lot of health concerns and comorbidities as people get older, especially if they're really obese, not to mention joint stress, carrying around 80 extra pounds. Don't be surprised when your knees and hips are fucked in the right. future. If, uh, if somebody's very intimidated by the idea of having to follow your protocol initially, what would you say is the best way for them to start? Like, which one of these points would you say, okay, you, you're having a rough go of it. You're extremely overweight. Would you start them with walking first or maybe a combination of walking and fasting? How would you approach that person? I would say fasting. And I know when I, when I brought this up into myself, because I always check, you know, that last filter is, is someone going to actually change with that statement? So that's why I even came up with eight hour eating window. That's, that's kind of new in the industry. Everyone says 16 to 18 hours. I'm like, that sounds awful. People aren't going to do that. I go, but eat an eight hour eating window. You flip it on its head. It's like, oh, I can do that. I can eat within eight hours in a day. So even yeah. that, just how you phrase it, it was like very important. But um, yeah, fasting first, because it takes zero time. You don't have to do anything. You don't have to change your diet. You don't have to spend any time because the first thing they say, I'm busy. It's like, okay, well, this takes zero minutes. You're actually saving your time because you're not eating food. You're not worried about food for less time. So uh, fasting first. Person, that's to be, everyone should be doing that, and that's going to fix all your bodies from the top level. Like if you think about this as a funnel, the order of priority is if you're not fasting and you're doing other things, it's out of order. Fasting is number one. Two would be walking, just because it's it's that easy. Again, your your hormones are you want to get your hormones and your body healthy before you care about working out. So working's got you know it's going to be last, but um, even diet, it's People generally know how to eat healthy-ish. Like it doesn't have to be the most extreme, like no seed oils and all stuff. Like I obviously advocate for that, and that's where I'm at now. And I talk about that. Like most of my diet, like I'm at probably like 90, 95% of my diet is strictly just you know good, healthy, clean stuff. Not where I started, and you don't need to start there. You can still eat whatever you're eating. Don't worry about food. Again, if you're you want to start, eat in that eight-hour window. Take zero time. Start walking. Do not worry about anything about diet or anything about workout do what you've already been doing but your only goals are those two things and that alone will put you in the mm-hmm. top 10 percent of people and, and, and feel that that look because this is all remember when i say top 10 percent of people i'm always talking about feel at this point i don't do anything for looks i mean i was recently broke up with my girlfriend but i was in a nine-year relationship there was no reason for me to get to this level of uh, appearance i didn't care about appearance having for two three years it's all about me optimizing my health it just the byproduct is I do look like this now, so that's why I say I we're talking about the standard. I think I, the Bitcoin standard of people should be that 300 meter, not because we want to be 
aesthetically and have ego because we're literally just that's how healthy we are and that's you know the beef initiative but going back to the bitcoin magazine days when i was working for them before he even launched um he uh texas slim really opened me up to a lot of the nutrient profile i used to see a lot of chicken a lot of uh you know vegetables stuff like that and it wasn't the quality right and so now i only eat you know it's all the blueprints so go check it out there but now i only eat basically that food initiative you know they're doing amazing work there and that really opened me up to a lot of stuff so bitcoiners already get the food part which is one of the hardest parts now i just get everyone yeah. fasting and walking it's like holy shit i am again back to the point my hormones are going to make me grow muscle without even working out so people who don't even work out they're eating right because of the beef initiative and they start fasting and walking they're going to start feeling they're going to start looking stronger and then they're like well why don't i work out now so they're just going to like <laughs> again it's kind of like how earlier we said we incept the idea to find bitcoin i'm accepting the idea to like 300. Mm. One of the things I want to get to before we end this is supplements in general. There's mm. so many different things people take, are told to take. There's some basic stuff out there like say whey protein when you are trying to build muscle or creatine. Um, what, do you, what are your thoughts on any of that uh, and what would you recommend people take as a supplement? So that's actually what I'm going to be releasing because that's one of the highest questions I have. Uh, and there's a lot of confusion and I, I don't agree with a lot of supplements. One, always look at the ingredients. So one ingredient foods, one ingredient supplements. I would check that. So um, always look at the ingredients first thing. Also, I would say a lot of things are over-optimizing, going too narrow. What you want is a, a broad multivitamin. So what I'm releasing actually with open source fitness and why I did everything for free is because I know that if people do this, they'll get results. They get results, they'll buy from me. So the, the, the thing I'm going to be offering is nose to tail nutrition. So it's going to be just beef liver, you know, grass fed, pasture raised beef liver, which is just frozen, grounded up into pills. So it's actually extension of food. It's not really as much of a supplement, but if you're eating all the, you know, we eat a lot of steak and stuff, that liver holds a lot of the cow's nutrients. So there's different nutrients that get held in the liver versus what's in the, the meat and the body and what we eat. So no tail nutrition, you get in the liver and then you're going to get the collagen. So that's all the joint stuff and your bones, your tendons. Uh, so you get that. Now you're eating the entire cow in an easy, uh, easy, easy way. Like, again, convenience, I'm a huge on that. Discipline, habits. I don't go to the local ranch an hour and a half away and buy raw liver. I, I don't. Like, is it better for you? Yes. Diminishing returns, yes, doesn't move the needle. I'd rather take it every day for the rest of my life than you know miss three months because I was like, dude, I've been drove out to the ranch and it's been two months. That's that's what you want to optimize for. So when a lot of these people, especially the Bitcoin community, we miss that so much. We always say, what is the purest form? What is the absolute best? And you have to do that. Only the extreme on the bell curve will actually do that. So I'm releasing this up, and then the last part of that, the nose to tail nutrition, is going to be the vitamin D. I think it's that important. We're not getting it. Even you get out in the sun for an hour, your shirt off and stuff, you're not getting skin exposure. And vitamin D is so crucial. It's basically, you know, that would be, if there was just one supplement, it'd be that. And that's actually why I'm giving it for free. It comes with the bundle. I'm setting all this up on the back end. But yeah, my whole business model is get people 300, get people information that everyone should know and get them feeling healthy. And I guarantee people will keep listening to me. So I was that confident in what I had to say. That I was like, you know what? Let's just freaking, let's get the Bitcoin community freaking jacked, dude. Hell yeah. You're marketing for this. You need to be eating raw liver in a video that you post on Twitter for like that 30 second clip of you just housing raw liver with blood all over your face. Yeah. Just an that's, animal. 
That's like, you want to do king. this or just he take was, these pills? Someone already did that, man. The, the liver king. And he was oh, fake. Yeah. He was taking roids. It's like, dude, the whole, ever everyone is just doing it. Shit. It's like, man, you guys just, and then I come out of nowhere. I've never done anything in fitness. I've never trained a single person in my life. Now I'm, you know, talking to 12,000 people on Twitter, trying to trade 12,000 people at once. Like, um, it, it it's going to be fun. Uh, cause again, I know the information that I have works and everyone else's is bullshit. Cause I've done, like I've listened to all the people. So very few people have done this, figure this out. And once this information spreads, it's going to spread. It's just like Bitcoin, man. You should open source it. That was the, the power that I, uh, I saw and learned is like, dude, you can't stop information. If you got the truth and the, the entire industry, I'll go into the gym. I swear to God, three people in my life that I know I do what I do and they're all in elite 300 shape. Yeah, the, the thing too is that you're not coming out with some crazy prescription that's super detailed and you got to follow every step perfectly. Your plan does allow for a lot of individualization for what works for you. Like one of the th- one of the things I took from your piece was take note of what works for your body and then develop habits around it. And that the answers to that can be different. We talk about some of that from the training perspective. Like if you like lifting a certain way or you like running or biking or whatever, do it if it's working for you and dig into the things that work better. And even from a diet perspective, you've given a pretty long leash for, hey, as long as you're in that window, eat whatever you want. But we all know what works and doesn't for us. We, we talked about alcohol off the top. I can think of things that lunch is a that first meal is a particularly important meal in my mind for energy levels for the rest of the day. I know for a fact that if I house some carb loaded sugar loaded breakfast, I'm pretty fucked from an energy standpoint from the rest of the day. That's something that after living this much life I'm aware of. So just that the general important principle of listening to your body and then developing habits around what you know doesn't does and doesn't work for you instead of creating some fitness regimen and diet regimen that nobody can follow in the first place. Cause that, that has been repeated so many times and worked for a month for thousands and thousands of people who are never able to carry it on further. It's all about the praxis, which is what you said. Is this workable and doable from square one to square 10? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and a lot of times they're selling you a problem. So there's workout programs or a bulking program, a cutting program. So they find a specific problem that someone has. It's just marketing. And then they say, this is how you do it. Here's your solution. But then the, what's the goal here is to get healthy. So they're not, they're, I don't know anyone who's selling the problem of how to get healthy. They're always selling you a, you know, a basic desire that you have. And then they, they give you something that Again, even if you the cutting program works, it's like okay, well now you get to a low enough body per, uh, body uh, fat, your hormones are shit, and you're gonna rel- relapse because you feel like crap. That's why I have carbs under fifteen percent body fat. I'm saying you should have carbs. Again, mm, yeah. the quality and what you eat are very important. But I have about three hundred calories of carbs every day. I don't even count um, calories, but I know I have about two potatoes and about two tablespoons of honey a day. Every once in a while, I'll throw in a banana there too. But like. That's what I have for carbs, and that's consistently just about every day. I'm not insulin resistance. I'm not gaining fat. I've actually, I'm steadily increasing my hormones. Where when I was doing keto, and I was, again, I've done all this stuff. I was deep into keto. I've put, posted pictures of how my body looked. If you're not eating carbs and you're that low, you're, you can produce ketones, but why force your body to do that? You're putting unnecessary stress on your body that 
that it's it's stressing your hormones level because stress is a big thing in your hormone level. So um, yeah, there's no reason to stress your body that way if you're already that low. If you're not insulin resistant, you're not you know you don't have any problems and your hormones are running healthy to deprive it of carbs. You're just actually slowly doing this to your your hormones, and then they'll you know instead of staying flat or even constantly kind of going upward. So yeah, I completely detach the thought of appearance and health. Mm. Like, so everything I do, I optimize for health and hormones. It all starts there. Um, and these things that are underneath it, like macros, quality of ingredients, those things do influence hormones, but not at the level of a structural your body. That's why fasting, if, if you're listening to this and you're not fasting, do me a favor and do it for seven days, noon to eight, and just like write down the document, the feeling, the difference. You'll feel it that quick. Um, yeah. And then, then there'll be a bit of a wall here in a couple of weeks where you're, you, know, you run through your glycogen and then your body's like, oh crap, what do I run? And now I gave, I used all the excess fuel. Now where do I go? That's when your body truly trains itself to run on fat. Then it has nowhere else to go. It starts running on fat. So you might have a little bit of a hiccup for you know 10 days or so where you're feeling a little low energy that's your body adapting to a new way of running so it runs on different fuel so yeah i never get those crashes after i eat i don't have ups or downs i never be like i need to eat for energy or after i eat i never say i'm tired even with carbs i don't because that's my body is running a different way um and the only way to do it is to not throw even you know some of these diet gatorade zeros and diet sodas that has artificial sweeteners there, it can spike insulin. It can do things that mess things up. Just water, coffee, some lemon water, or something acidic like apple cider vinegar. All the stuff I talk about and uh, give resources to and, and all my stuff. So just try to do this in a super transparent way. But um, I knew the information would work is, is what I was going with. That's why it's all free. Love it. I'm glad we had this health chat because I'm about to, in about a half hour, drag my boat out to a lake with a bunch of firemen and start drinking. So. Yeah, I'll, yeah. Uh, don't worry. I'll, I'll hit this hard on Monday, though. But that's that's the whole point. Is like that's also in the schedule. The schedule is on Saturday. You don't have a rule. It's Sunday, your only rule is to not mess up tomorrow's rule. I, I talk about that very frequently in the eighty twenty. The week and the weekend are completely compartmentalized for me. When I was going through the transformation, I showed people that I could actually get very lean. Like that transformation picture was with me drinking on weekends, going to soccer games. We have a new MLS soccer team. I did all that stuff. I on Easter I was pigging out on cake and stuff like that don't think that that's bad for your health that's good for your mental health and that allows you to do it for 70 years if you're saying i can't ever have alcohol because i want to be healthy it's not a trade-off that i was willing to make so i found a way to put it in the program like i do most weekends again saturday is my one rule is to start drinking at noon on a boat you should be doing that not because your health mental health and mental health will keep your physical health because you're healthy enough physically um, you know, your body can withstand 12 beers on a Saturday afternoon. Like, you'll be fine. Oh, I'm writing that down. 12 beers is <laughs> yeah. in the protocol. Got actually, it. actually, uh, <laughs> I, I do, I do vodka over it. It's a little bit cleaner. Beer does yeah. make me feel like shit, but I, I drink, man. Yeah. I definitely notice when I drink vodka, I piss out of my ass less on the next, the next morning for sure. <laughs> yeah. 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 And you, the, the headaches and stuff, a little bit cleaner of alcohol, yeah. but again, it's do what you like to do. If you like doing that, just. I would say the one thing, if you are drinking alcohol, make sure, try to condense it into a day because it does really affect you. So if you're drinking, I think it's way worse to drink two, three beers, four beers and do that consistently, like over, you know, two, three days out of the week, rather than just going 
just ham on one day, just letting it all free. I'm just free, like no, no F's given. And I'm just here to have a good time. I yeah. do that. I don't ever like, it's so bad for me. I know it's so bad for me. And like my effects, usually by like Tuesday, my mental clarity is somewhat back. It's usually by like Wednesday. It's actually fully intact. So I am drinking less now, but yeah. Um, yeah, I would say it's, don't spread it out, condense it in a day and just get it over with and have fun. Um, but the, the consistent need for alcohol in a daily or even, you know, every few days type of manner, it's, it's, that is awful for you. Man, this was productive. I enjoyed the heck out of it. Yeah. Give us a handoff. So yeah, I pretty much showed everything I was going to show. I don't even have the storefront up, but those are the things I'm going to be releasing. I got to still make a newsletter about it and tweet about it. So this is scoop here is what I'm doing. So open source fitness going to just can continue the movement. My whole goal is just, I know there's information lacking. Working out is a big one, the big uh, task to handle or you know tackle. But I'm going to, again, I used to work with Mark Moss, have a video producer lined up in Cali. I might go out there and get it professionally recorded and done for you guys. Again, all free. I'm going to release it. But I want it to be like, this is the staple of, this is exactly what I'm doing. This is what I'm going to be doing for the next couple of years. So like my results will be documented. This is how I'm doing it. So that's how I work out now versus even six, seven months ago is different. I want to record it, give it to everyone. So if you don't know where to start, it's a perfect place to start because it would be the safest, healthiest form of working out, in my opinion. Uh, if you're already working out and you like what you're doing, you've been doing it for five years, keep doing it. You don't need to do what I'm doing. Maybe add some of this stuff in there. But that's the next plan, workout program, and then releasing some kind of funnel so I can uh, make some money so I can keep doing this. So uh, that's, that's the last little check marks here for the next couple months and then from there just keep doing what i'm doing try to get as healthy as possible and then try to share it with the community appreciate you really important topic we flex the mind every week on here gotta be paying attention to that body the two are intertwined whether you like it or not you are an animal uh thanks austin and we look forward to seeing you i'm sure at a conference coming up here man yeah it was really fun thanks for having me on Well, folks, that does it for this week. Hope this chat instilled some new motivation or interest in bettering yourself mentally and physically. We only live once. We only have one body. So let's treat it with respect. If you are picking up what we're putting down here at BCB, do us a quick favor and like or subscribe on your platform of choice. If you do prefer video of these chats, check us out on YouTube. The link is down in the notes. And additionally, taking an extra minute to leave us a quick review on Apple or other platforms does go a long way for us expanding our reach. Our absolute favorite app to listen to podcasts is the Fountain app. You can earn sats, that's fractions of a Bitcoin, while listening to Blue Collar Bitcoin and many other shows. There is no catch. On Fountain, you can also clip and share your favorite parts and send us feedback on what you like or don't like. Until next week, stay fit, my friends. And if you're fat, start figuring that out ASAP.